We're back on the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm John Ledyard, your host from FanRagSports.com and NDTScouting.com, as well as, of course, being the co-host of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. And we've talked a lot about the different position groups that the Steelers might need to address this offseason. There aren't a ton of them. We've talked about what they can do through the draft and through free agency. You've heard a lot from me. Now it's time to hear from some other folks. Joining me today on the show is Jared Brown. He is the NFL 1000 linebacker scout for Bleacher Report. So he watched tons and tons of tape of all the linebackers in this year's in the NFL in the NFL this season. I mean, he his extensive knowledge on all these guys and he's done it the last 2 years for Bleacher Report. Does a terrific job. He also is a contributor over at the Niners Wire, uh, USA Today's 49er, 49ers website. Uh, does some really really good things and a recently engaged man, Jared congratulations man thanks for carving out some time just got engaged yesterday and you're carving out some time to be on the show and talk some football with me oh yeah man that was the that was the agreement she signed up for so thanks so much for having (laughs) me man i appreciate it i'm excited she knows what she's getting into that's a good thing for you guys uh that's exciting stuff though but we gotta talk some linebackers i mean this is a an interesting free agent crop of linebackers right i mean the steelers Clearly have a need after the injury with Ryan Chazier, you know, Lawrence Timmons departing, Vince Williams steps in. Now, first, before we kind of get into any of this, you know, you watch Vince Williams this season. Um, What were your thoughts about Vince Williams? Do you see him as a guy that the Steelers should look at as a definite starter for next season? Or is is he a player that they could potentially look to improve on as well as finding a running mate for that other linebacker spot where Chazier used to play? I think Williams is an intriguing guy because he's sort of right on that fringe starter level. He could realistically start a lot of teams, but you're looking at teams that have almost no inside linebackers. So if you were to look at, say, the Indianapolis Colts, who just don't really have any quality inside linebackers, Vince Williams is realistically a starting linebacker on that team. If you go to other teams that maybe have more established players, Vince Williams is a high-level depth player, but he's really a spot starter at best. The sort of crux of that reality is that he's probably going to ask for, you know, he's going to expect a contract that is sort of starter-esque. And the Steelers, I I think, have shown an ability, whether it's through coaching or player development or just really uh, evaluation and identification, being able to make it work regardless. And so if he's going to ask for that kind of, you know, starter-ish money, he better be a legit starter. So I think he's someone you can upgrade from. He's not a terrible default plan. He's... Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if you're falling back on that, you could do a heck of a lot worse. But if you're looking, you know, for sort of a, a complete package playmaker, you could certainly find find better out there. That that's basically my assessment of him, and I think a lot of people have plugged him into the lineup for next season, and I and, and I get that, and I think it's probably somewhat likely he begins the season as a starting linebacker for the Steelers, but. I think that there is an opportunity to potentially get some, get an upgrade in there and he's been a high end backup. And uh, so I think I wouldn't leave either of the starting linebacker spots alone per se. We got to talk about the older guys, Jared, even though I know the Steelers aren't really going to go after any of these 30 plus guys. I really don't expect them to, but the listeners are going to ask, they're going to want to hear. So just put the minds at rest. What's, What's left in the tank for guys like Brian Cushing and Derek Johnson and Paul Pozlozny and some others uh, in that age range, maybe even a Jarrell Freeman? Not a lot, to be honest. I think two years ago, Jarrell Freeman was one of the better inside linebackers in the league, really showed a complete skill set, but he's had multiple issues over the last couple of seasons, hasn't really played a full season because of 
you know, the, the, the performance enhancing drug issues. And so mm-hmm. that's something once you get to that plus 30 range, I just, I'm not going to deal with that because mm-hmm. the reality is that the contract they'd give him anyways, isn't lengthy enough to sort of bridge that, you know, you maybe with a rookie yeah. player or a, you know, second, third year starter, you say, Hey, if we're looking to have this guy for the longevity of his career, we're going to deal with some of this stuff. And, and, but by that, by the, you know, 31, 32 years old, you're kind of on the edge tail end of your career at best. And so it's just not worth the headache. Addition, in addition to that, Brian Cushing, Derek Johnson, those guys don't really offer much. Those are, those are backups at best in my mind. And really similar to what we mentioned with Vince Williams, those two, especially Cushing and Johnson, they're going to walk into a, in a room and drop their last name and expect to be paid like a starter. And the reality is that they just don't play like it anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, particularly Cushing, he's had he struggled to stay on the field. He was you know beaten by two two young inside linebackers in Houston. I just don't think that he has the same sort of instincts and tenacity that made him an effective player early in his career. So he's not going to be worth that money. And then Derek Johnson's 35 years old. He's not a particularly effective run defender anymore. Obviously, he had the big hit on Mariota in the playoffs. It's sort of you go, whoa, is he you know, mm-hmm. going to suddenly have a career resurgence mid-30s? But he, he, you know, what the NFL is doing today, a 35-year-old linebacker is going to be exploited in coverage on first down, and, yeah. and you're just giving up yards for free. Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty fair assessment from what I've seen. Moving to com- a couple of the other, the semi-younger type linebackers. Uh, Kevin Minter played with the Bengals last season after a pretty good start to his career in Arizona. He really did some good things there. When I watched him last year for Cincinnati, he was dreadful. Uh, I don't know if you came away with the same impressions. I know he was just a part-time guy there, played nine games, 32 tackles, but I did not see a player who was worth paying in free agency. I agree, and it's really too bad because his, his previous year in Arizona especially, I really liked him. I don't think he's a high-level starter, but playing next to Dion Buchanan in Arizona, I thought he was a perfect counterpart there. Buchanan, really aggressive, really almost sometimes over-pursues, whereas Minter was really consistent con, you know, to sort of wrangle in that, that defense in Arizona that had a ton of speed and a little bit of recklessness. Minter was sort of the steadying piece. And then he gets to Cincinnati, who just doesn't have much speed at linebacker, and, and he can't compensate for a lack of speed. He could compensate for a team with a ton of speed and needed some consistency, not really the other way around. So Cincinnati, this, his year in Cincinnati, I thought I agree. I thought it was, he played really poorly, especially coming off that contract and now looking for another. He's in the high 20s, too, so he, he's realistically just put on not a, put a poor year on film and is now looking for – another contract he's going to be somebody that is getting these one to two year deals and and i agree is not somebody that i would be paying even uh you know above uh, even slightly above average money for yeah no and it would be interesting to see what he did maybe back in a three four scheme but again like you said the speed you know that's steelers are going to value athletes that's what they're looking for a linebacker and so Having said that, a guy like Tahir Whitehead is a really interesting player because they had joint practice with the Lions two years ago, and I watched him, and he wasn't very good, to be honest, and I wasn't impressed. And then he played a ton for Detroit. I mean, they had they had a, two years ago they had real linebacker issues. Now this past year, maybe a little less so with Jared Davis in the fold, Paul Warlow there, but still not a great linebacker core for sure. And he's played a ton of snaps. Last two years he's played a ton for Detroit, 110 tackles last season. But I don't know that the tape always matched up with the production. What's your big takeaways from what you've seen from Tahir Whitehead on tape? Can he play in a defense like the Steelers in a three-four look? I don't really think he can. I think he's one of a he's a really good example in the NFL. Similarly to how I mentioned the Colts, he's starting on the Detroit Lions because the Detroit Lions haven't had a decent in, inside linebacker in quite a while. 
So the reality is that somebody on that defense especially has to make some tackles, and it just sort of naturally flows inside to the backers. I think that especially right now we're seeing this sort of transition to athletic, rangy NFL linebackers. He's going to fit an athletic and, and body body type sort of frames, you know, ideal standpoint. It's just over six one six two, about 230, 35-ish pounds. And the NFL is going to look at that and go, oh, this guy's got speed. He's got the size that we're looking for and sort of this new prototypical inside backer. He's got all this statistical production. I think someone's going to overpay for him. The unfortunate part is that the Steelers have this sort of athletic prototype that they've seen be successful in Shazier, and they may – I could see them thinking that this, you know, what they've been able to do with Shazier and the success that they've had there could translate to Whitehead. And I just don't think that he's particularly that good. I think he's easily swallowed at the, at the second level by offensive linemen. Once he gets out in space, you see some of those downfield tackles that are six, seven yards. I like to call them cleanup tackles. He's not, he's not beating somebody in the hole and stuffing David Johnson at the goal line. He's, you know, meeting guys seven or eight yards downfield mm. and, and really relying almost entirely on athleticism. And I just don't know that that, that, that translates right. long-term because the reality is that, you know, his bodies wear down. Mm-hmm. And, and especially in a, in a defense like the Steelers, who are known for playing aggressive in mm-hmm. the AFC North, where they're going to they're gonna play deep into the playoffs every year in – and you're going to see, you know, now I think about a team like Jacksonville, who you, you kind of want to prepare for to be able to deal with that team running downhill, you know, at the end of the season. I just don't think that, that he's worth any kind of money that he's going to ask for. What about a guy like Nigel Bradham? You know, coming off what I thought was a really good year for the Eagles, I'm curious to see your assessments. I know that whole defense played pretty well, but curious to hear your thoughts on Bradham and whether maybe he fits a 3-4 defense like the Steelers, 28 years old now. Um, you know, I, he's played in some different looks before. He was kind of a slow starter to his career, but now I think he might be one of the more underrated guys in the league. I wonder if the Eagles bring him back. Thoughts on Nigel Bradham and his situation? I agree. And, and what I really like about him is that he's got sort of this old school-ish body type, a little bit thicker, but has the new school sort of athletic versatility, which is really rare. And the reality is that a lot of people are sort of accepting that if it, we have to decide between one of the two, sort of that upper body thickness and run pumping mentality versus the athleticism. We're going to pick the athleticism, but he gives you a little bit of both in terms of physicality and playing style in that manner. And simultaneously having the athleticism to be sort of a three down defender can play sideline to sideline. I think a system like the Steelers would be perfect, really varied looks. And one of the things that I thought the Steelers have done particularly well over the last two years with their inside linebackers is that they treat them uh, very similarly to sort of, uh, personnel-based players, right? So based on what's happening on the field, in any given week, Shazier could be, could be on the edge quite a bit, rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. They move Williams out. So they, they, even when they had Fort in there, they, they do a lot of really interesting mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, even when they had Timmons, who, who sort of has this average skill set, they made really effective by moving them in manners, to, you know, isolating what they do well in terms of a, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a skill set, and then utilizing them in their defense in ways that highlight skills and minimize the risk of, you know, sort of exploitation by in superior talent. So Bradham in that way is sort of moldable that he could be moved to fit that, that sort of that playing style and really coaching nature. Uh, and and I, th- I think that he's not going to cost a, a terrible amount relative to some of the other 
linebackers on the market. So the reality is that if you can play him in that 3-4 scheme, you could probably kick, I think, you could kick him inside and ask him to have sort of that, that stackbacker look, and it'll do, I think, enough that with a little bit of manipulation – you could find, I mean, ultimately the, the idea is make tackles stop the run, mm-hmm. and, and I think you could do that with the best of them in, in this sort of free agent crop at least. Yeah, yeah, that's really interesting. He's a kind of an option that's flown under the radar. I wonder if the Eagles will consider bringing him back. They don't have a ton of holes. He would open up one, I think, at least, uh, but the, uh, not, not a roster with a ton of holes, and they've had injury issues with Jordan Hicks, so uh, it remains to be seen what they do. Okay, here's what I believe are the more realistic options for the Steelers in this free agent class, and not sure they'll consider all these guys in some price tags, you know, maybe too high for them. But what about a guy like Todd Davis from Denver? I heard that he was coming off a better year this past year, played in a 3-4, playing next to Brandon Marshall. Does some of the things that he does translate well to what the Steelers do? I think they absolutely do. Todd Davis is probably my favorite free agent linebacker on this market. And most importantly, I think that he is ascending right now you're, you're going to get him at a point in his career he's only 25 years old he's coming off a couple good seasons in Denver where he's really starting to see increased playing time and the reality is that as much as practice time helps being on the field in NFL game situations is the, the best determiner determining factor for you know sustained success or, or really ascension and so you're getting him at a point where he hasn't seen so much success or he's not a guy like say example Navarro Bowman who's a little older and is known as one of the better linebackers or in, in his sort of prime was one of the better linebackers in the league. You're getting Davis right before I think he enters that discussion as sort of a, a routine top 15 inside linebacker in the league. Wow. So you're getting him right at the right time with an opportunity to sign him to, you know, say a three or four year contract where he just comes right in and, and really in the Steelers, you know, regard, continues sort of the expectations that have been set, uh, you know, have been put out there uh, from Shazier's play. So paired in Denver, I thought that he, you know, he's not, he wasn't the best linebacker on the roster. He was a clear second in terms of their inside linebackers, but I think he does everything at at least an average level. You're not going to find a particular way uh, to exploit him. And coming from Sacramento state, he, you know, he didn't face that le- the high level of competition that you see, you know, from SEC schools and, and schools of those nature. So you're watching him right now really getting valuable on-field learning experience, and you're seeing it translate into his play. You're going to get him for cheaper than you would get some of those bigger-name guys that are relying almost entirely on name. And I think that he is arguably one of the better athletes that you could find in this mm. class right now. Nice. Yeah, that's important for Pittsburgh. That's that's one to file away, Steelers fans. Think about Todd Davis because if he does hit the market, I do feel like uh, I feel like Jared's right. His price tag could be at that point where he's just starting to ascend, but he might not do that much damage to your books uh, if you pick him up. How about a guy like Zach Brown? A little more track record there, a little more longevity, 28 years old, was super inconsistent early in his career. There's been some things that have been ironed out since then. He's definitely improved as a player. I've still noticed some some ups and downs with him from time to time. Another guy that I think his price tag might be a little bit too high for Pittsburgh when it's all said and done, and Washington may want him back, and you know there may be kind of a bidding war there for Zach Brown because his profile screams like a player that, again, on the rise a little bit because he has gotten better. But he's, I've seen some ups and downs with Zach Brown in his game. I can't quite figure him out. I absolutely agree, and, and that's one of the things that I noted in my NFL 1000 write-up for him. He graded out as the seventh overall inside linebacker for me. 
He was much worse last year with the Bills. And really my problem with him is that the inconsistency absolutely terrifies me. I don't know that he's ever going to be a player that signs a particularly long contract. I don't even think over three years because you just don't know what you're going to get with him year in and year out. His best plays make him look like arguably one of the best linebackers in the league. He's an incredible athlete. He's fast. He's strong. He has the ability to, uh, you know, staff and shed blocks in, in, in gaps and on the edge. And then at the same time, some of his worst reps look like a player that doesn't even belong on an NFL roster. And so it's it, that inconsistency to me is too worrisome. However, those flash plays make him really, really hard to ignore. More than anything, I was happy to see that he really took a step forward in Washington. I think the, the change of scenery from Buffalo helped him tremendously. He ended up having over 125 tackles in just 13 games. So that obviously statistically stands out as impressive. And Washington's linebackers the year before that Brown replaced, they weren't slouches. So the Washington evaluation department must have really felt good about bringing him in over some of the other players that they had. In terms of athletically, that profile, you're going to get a good one. He's able to do it all. Solid tackler. Has has sort of some pass rushing prowess that can help out if the Steelers again decide to use him as an edge rusher or a blitzer in you know certain scenarios, mix things up a little bit. But you have to understand, and I'm sure that whoever goes into those those discussions for the Steelers are going to know that there's a there's a risk there that's always going to be inherently tied to his his consistency and his his you know his, I I hate to question a guy's willingness, but the stark contrast play in and play out is is really worrisome. Yeah. Uh, how about Avery Williamson? Played a long time for the Titans since he was—I mean, since he was a rookie, really plugged in the lineup pretty early on. There um, was a, was a later round pick, I think, and then kind of just plugged his way in and just kept working and just ended up being a consistent starter for them. What have you seen in his game so far in his NFL career? He's young still, so you're going to get him at a good time. Again, really similar to Davis, only 25 years old. I thought that he was the best of the three Tennessee linebackers this year. But he's sort of the odd man out because they just, I just, they're, they're trying to figure out what they want to do with Brown, who's more of a coverage linebacker, and Woodyard, who really did well as a pass rushing sort of do it all linebacker for them this year. So uh, there was sort of a, a, I don't know if hesitancy is the right word, but they're really going to have to get rid of one of those, one of those three. And Avery Williamson is is going to be the one to go, I think, uh, or or, in, or rather not be re-signed. That's the reality is that his contract is up, and so if one's got to go and that's the one that doesn't have the contract. So he ranked out as the 29th inside linebacker, which is more or less sort of average. Woodyard was ranked higher, but Woodyard's also, also, uh, I don't, he's not, he's, I don't think that he's got the upside and sort of at this stage in his career, sort of the, the potential ceiling that, that Williamson has. I'm a little hesitant and worried about Williamson's effort and ability and run support. Uh, but if you can get him in a three-four defense, sort of protect him, he'll protect him a little bit uh, with some beef up front. Then you have an opportunity to really find an, a, a quality linebacker. Again, the reality is I'm, I'm just not really in love with this free agent class. I think your best mm-hmm. bet is really to find a guy for a year or two, as sort of a stopgap if you're going to develop somebody late or to draft and invest it really. Because the reality is that relative to the price tag that I think some of these these players are expecting i don't know that they're going to meet that level of production which is i mean you know that that we could say that almost about every position in the right. league sure yeah but that is a good point to bring up and i think that that is something that we're gonna to have to discuss and think about a couple more guys for you real quick uh josh Bynes. you know he's played 
situationally a little bit. Probably was probably played less than a lot of the other names that are on this list. But I think that there's something there. And I've watched him before. Again, he I think he was with the Lions when they were at those joint practices and didn't really impress me. But I thought there was a skill set there that was worth developing a little bit. Problem is he's already 28 years old. But he did some of the good things. Late in games, late in downs for Arizona. I thought that he played it a pretty effective role and could translate to probably not a, maybe not a starter, but a depth guy. Does he offer a specific skill set that could be interesting? I think he absolutely does. And and really, you mentioned his age, but he's a seven-year vet. So he's been in the league long enough that you know he's right at that sort of athletic prime. And at the same time, he's got this really solid mental processing and, and awareness that, you know, you don't stay in the league 10 years as a backup if you're not doing the right things off the field or if teams don't think that you're prepared. So he's met them, you know, he's met expectations in that regard, but the reality is that he just hasn't started a lot. One thing that I noted with him, and he graded out as the 52nd linebacker in terms of our rankings, that's largely due to his playing time. And a, I want to see more. I don't think that he has any elite traits to sort of hang his hat on, but he does everything at an average level. And that's what keeps you in the league for seven years, despite not being a starter. I think that he's, he's best as sort of a zone defender with an ability to drop. He obviously understands route concepts underneath. Like I mentioned, he's got that sort of mental awareness and ability to identify what's happening in front of him and then to be effective on the field, despite not having those elite athletic traits. So that's always a plus. Again, those guys are going to hang around in the league. If he's a really similar, quite frankly, to Williams, that he's a, I think he's a quality depth player, spot starter, not somebody I want to pay a lot of money, but somebody that obviously, I mean, when you're looking at that, you know, third, fourth inside linebacker role, you want somebody that can realistically play, you know, whether regardless of what the front looks like, you want somebody that can play multiple positions has the ability to, you know, step in for two plays here and there as guys get hurt and the defense just keeps rolling, isn't going to get, you know, naturally exposed every time he's on the field. I think Bynes does that. I'm interested to see if a team gives him a legitimate shot. And so I wonder what that might look like if you give somebody, you know, this age, seven years, but he hasn't really been a starter. So he hasn't seen a ton of playing time. You wonder, and he's kind of at that athletic prime for the league, has good size. Could he be somebody that develops into you know, sort of a flash starter for two, mm-hmm. two, three years? Definitely worth watching, and the price tag is going to be almost non-existent. Right. Yeah, exactly. I think he could be a guy that fills a role at least and comes in and is a third or fourth linebacker with the potential to compete. Again, you know, it's competition, bringing it in and bringing in guys that could play a role at the very least. How about last two guys I'll mention to you, uh, I'll ask you for input on two bigger names that are going to be on the market. Preston Brown has started pretty consistently for the Bills. Again, kind of like Avery Williamson came in, plugged in early on, but then – after a good, you know, kind of impression early in his career, just kind of seemed like things were a lot up and down. A lot of tackles, 144 tackles last year. You know, the production on the paper screams, you know, it's pretty eye-popping. But I just remember when the Bills played the Steelers a couple years ago in the snow game, and the Steelers just worked him. And he and he and Zach Brown actually were the linebackers at that point. Both of them had just horrendous performances in that game. I haven't seen a ton of Preston Brown since then. I know the Bills prefer a certain prototype with John McDermott at linebacker. He's probably, I would say, not going to be resigned. But what did you see from him this past season in Buffalo? I agree. I don't think that he's going to be resigned. I think he definitely took a dip this last year, and, and it's really similar, quite frankly, to Whitehead, where those those production statistics kind of mask some of his his you know his issues. The reality is that I don't think, especially for Preston Brown, once Zach Brown left, he's the, he was the guy in Buffalo at linebacker. Mm-hmm. So, again, those those tackles have to be funneled somewhere. 
for for my money and what he's going to ask, he doesn't make the explosive plays that I want of an inside linebacker that's going to ask for that kind of money. You're not going to get, you know, the big play sacks. You're not going to get the massive strips. You're not going to get the really rangy interceptions that create, you know, the ball going the other way. So if you're going to pay him what he expects, uh, again, yeah, I think you're I think you're overplaying overpaying for an average player. And that's the yeah. tricky thing with these tackle statistics that they sort of highlight and you think this guy must be everywhere. And the reality is, yeah, maybe he, he's making all these tackles and he can play consistently. He's a consistent tackler. But if those tackles are six, seven yards down the exactly. field, or like you mentioned, yep. in, in big games, if we know we can go right at this guy and, and by the fourth quarter it's going to be, it's going to be easy money, it's not worth it long term. I just don't think so. Right. Okay, Anthony Hitchens from Dallas, 25 years old. He's hitting the market. He's a free agent. It seemed like things really clicked for Anthony Hitchens last season from everything I've heard and everything I saw when watching games of the Cowboys. Your impressions on Hitchens, can he cover, can he blitz? Because if you're talking about a Steelers linebacker, you're talking about a guy that has to be able to cover and has to be able to blitz, especially if they're playing Chazier's spot. So talk to me. Can Hitchens get this kind of stuff done? I think he can. The price tag is going to be low. The reality about what Dallas has done with him over the last two years is I don't think they know how to play him. Mm. They've put him in spots that, to me, are unfair to him. It is the inconsistent work. It's, he's all over the place. And I think that there's this interesting mix. You, know, you mentioned what the Steelers ask their linebackers to do and really that positional versatility. But there's still a clear, you know, there's a clear line of thinking there. Here's what we need our linebackers to be able to do. We're going to put them in situations to do it. Conversely, the Cowboys, it seems like they're just sort of willy-nilly throwing this guy out there without mm. sort of an expectation of what, what, what is his role. Is, is he a starter? Is he your, you're going to insert him on third down? Are you going to take him off the field on third down? What are you going to do with this guy? And I think that over the last two, two three years, it's, I think some of that is because of the other issues at linebacker that the Cowboys are dealing with and, and injuries and Jalen Smith and trying to figure out where those guys fit. The Hitchens has sort of been the odd man out. And it's really stunted his development, in, in my opinion, because he hasn't had that clear position and that sort of clear track to take, you know, sort of take hold of and go, this is my role on this team. This is physically and on the field what I'm expected to do, and now let me get better at doing it. He just hasn't had that. So I'm interested. I think the Steelers would be a great fit for a player like that because when you – we've seen it over the last couple of years with the Steelers, even with their backups, they know what these guys are and they know what they can ask them to do, and then they ask them to do it. That sort of – the, uh, not only identifying quality and, and evaluating traits, but then taking those traits and saying, now how do we put you in a position to be successful mm-hmm. on the field from, from what we're asking you to do? They, the Steelers do it better than almost anybody, and I think that, that sort of lends itself to what we've seen from Shazier's development and, and playing style and ability and what they've been able to do to ma- really maximize what he does well. So Hitchens is somebody that I think he's going he's gonna to ask for probably starter money, mm-hmm. But it's going to be low-end starter money, and you're going to get at least three years of very consistent work. And especially if you can provide him sort of that on-field consistency, knowing this is my role and here's how I fit. So you mentioned a lot of names and a lot of good stuff. Who's your favorite guy that's going to be out here on the market? I think my favorite is Todd Davis out of Denver. I think that he's really in line for, for a good role right on that cusp of, mm-hmm. of getting paid a decent amount of money but not overpaying and you're getting somebody that's young which is at sort of you know right now as the league is ever changing you see this sort of new athletic prototype i just am so nervous about overpaying older dudes that expect yeah. to be starters right so i'm yeah. gonna roll with todd davis 
I think he's the ideal choice there. Hmm. Very interesting stuff. Really cool stuff. Jared, thank you so much, man. This is great insight for everybody. Uh, even if you're not a Steelers fan, I'm going to plug this podcast for them because there's a lot of teams with linebacker needs out there, and this is a good good uh, podcast just to listen to, to check out your knowledge on linebackers, and nobody watches more tape on these guys than you do. So, again, you guys can follow him if you're interested, and you should be. Uh, he does great great work. You can follow him on Twitter at Jared, J- J-E-R-O-D, Brown underscore make sure you follow him on twitter really good breakdowns and analysis um on on lots of stuff around the nfl but especially linebacker group and if you're 49ers fan listening for whatever reason really good inputs there as well at the niners wire uh usa today's 49ers site and 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 the nfl 1000 inside linebacker scout for bleacher reports so love a lot of the stuff that you're putting down jared thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule my man to to join us and talk some linebackers Hey, my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. Always a good time. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll have more on Steelers options and free agent things, and it's combine week, so we got to talk about uh, some of the combine options and who to really keep an eye on this week. We've talked a lot at length in general. We're going to narrow down our focus uh, later this week uh, and talk about who we should really look forward to as the workouts get on and the interviews get underway. So until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Steelers.